Hello and welcome to episode two of Only Half Listening. I am Lizzie, your host, and here with me today is once again James Chats. Hi, James Chats. Well, that's me. <laughs> the easiest person to get onto the show. Exactly. And I didn't want to talk to myself for 30 minutes. Maybe I will eventually, but not today. Today, I wanted to talk about conspiracy theories, mostly about fictional things, because I don't like conspiracy theories. Well, you know, let me just start with, I don't like conspiracy theories at all, <laughs> but I really don't like them when they're about real life situations. I'm just like, shh, 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 stop, stop. Except for the fact that Bush did 9-11. That one's real. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I No, I cannot stand conspiracy theories, but they're kind of fun when you're talking about fake things. So here's the thing. Yeah. I love conspiracy theories Ugh. about fictional stuff. There are all right. I, there are some in here that I really do like that I know or, or that I really hope to be true. But then there's some other ones. that I'm just like, can't you just let the thing be the thing? Why you got to come up with this crazy backstory? I, I live for it. Ugh. I love it. Well, what's your first one that you want to share? Um. Okay. So I will get to my favorite one near the end. Yeah. You know, keep people listening. Yeah. Save that for later. I have a, one too. I'm a pro. I have a couple. I have one that I just absolutely love the rest of these are just kind of cool uh I, I guess i'll start with pokemon yeah there's like a lot of different theories around pokemon that i really enjoy go for it uh one of them suggests that like the original games when they came out it takes place like immediately following or during a war oh yes you've told me about this one. Oh. This is pretty interesting, even for someone who doesn't really know Pokemon that much. Yeah, so in the game, you are this, uh, well, in the first game, you're a boy. In the next generations, you could actually choose to be a a girl, which was a good addition. But in the first game, you're this this young boy, and you live with your mother, and you start your journey to capture Pokemon. You're Ash, right? No. Oh, you have no name. Correct. Oh, okay. Ash... Like the video games became were Ash is just in the TV show. Yeah, and the you TV make show your own name in the games. Precisely, that's right. Okay. Unless you have Pokemon Yellow version. Okay. Anyways, we digress. <laughs> uh, and on this quest, you meet a lot of characters in the game, but you don't meet a lot of like men in the game. Mm-hmm. The only men are old. Yeah, the old professor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> professor Oak <laughs> okay. is one okay. example. Uh, throughout the game, there are other NPCs that are just like old man, <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one gym leader who's uh, like a man who's like middle aged, I guess, uh, and his name is Lieutenant Surge. Lieutenant Surge. Lieutenant. Sounds Surge. like a war to me. Exactly. Maybe uh, a lieutenant who had our honorable discharge. Uh, or was injured in the war and got to come home. The last survivor. Yeah. And he even says in the game that Raichu, his main Pokemon, fought alongside him, Uh. which would suggest that Lieutenant Surge was in a war with Pokemon. Pokemon. So they were two sides to the war. They were fighting with Pokemon. Fighting the war with Pokemon. Wow. And that that's like the theory. And I mean, you don't see any parents. There's just a bunch of kids running around. That's the most hands-off war ever. Yeah. You don't even have to do anything besides 
throw a ball or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to train it, I guess. Well, yeah. Okay. Obviously. And, I mean, that that theory just fascinates me. That's cool. Because it really puts a whole different perspective on the world of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. A war-torn Pokemon landscape. I just... That imagery in my mind is is a lot to handle. That's cool. But yeah, that that's my favorite theory from Pokemon. And there's other theories that like, like little small ones. Um, for those of you who know Pokemon, there's this Pokemon called Clefable and there's another Pokemon called Gengar. One is a normal type, one is a ghost type, and they look pretty similar. And the theory is that Gengar is Clefable's shadow. Oh. And they can't fight each other because in the game, normal type moves have no effect on ghost type Pokemon. And ghost type moves have no effect on normal type Pokemon. Uh-huh. Clefable's a normal type. Uh-huh. Gengar's a ghost type. They, yes. Their attacks can't affect one another. So it's like... He's his shadow? Is that what you said? Yeah. that okay. That's the theory is that Gengar is Clefable's shadow. So they, they can't fight each other because they're, they it's exist the together. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, like so Your I turn. have a lot of Disney ones. A lot. Because there's so many Disney theories and you know, whatever. So the first one is kind of like the major one that leads to people saying all Pixar movies are connected. So it is the fact that the witch from Brave is actually Boo from Monsters, Inc. I love this theory. So, oh, I hit the microphone. So I'm just going to read this article. It's like, are you ready for this one? John Negroni, Negroni, am I supposed to know this person's name? I don't. I'm sorry. Came up with this brain-boggling theory that not only does every Pixar movie exist in the same world, but they are all connected. The end result, Boo from Monsters, Inc. is actually the witch from Brave. So Merida discovers the magic uh, in of the wisps in Brave. Uh, the magic is used by the witch who disappears after going through wooden doors, which I don't remember from Brave. I don't remember there being a door or wooden doors i mean i guess you i don't i don't know i haven't watched brave in a while i guess but anyways um the magic is why inanimate objects and animals behave like humans and it sets off a course of events that takes us through all the pixar movies ending with monsters inc so the monsters and the machines are all that's left in the world and when they realize that they need humans as a source for energy they use doors to time travel back to when humans were on earth after Boo's adventure with Sully, she never gets over her monster pal and becomes obsessed with finding him again. Later in life, when she's older, she discovers how to time travel through wooden doors because she learned from Sully and goes back to the source of all magic, the will of the wisps and brave. And that's why the witch has carvings of Sully because she's actually Boo. That is crazy. I know. I mean, the whole Pixar theory thing is so unbelievably in-depth. I don't want it to be true, but it it's cool, but I don't want it to be true. Ugh. It's like too much. It's too much thinking. I no. There's just too much. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, and like, you know, later on as uh, Wally comes along, Wally and Eve, it's showing machines becoming sort of sentient and uh, existing with their own morals. And then eventually you get to movies like Cars where there are no humans or animals and machines are alive. And so there's like the the progression of time. Oh, God. Yeah. And it starts, it all begins um, with uh, a bug's life. I was about to say bug. 
Yeah, because bugs are like the first life form other than humans to become uh, hyper-intelligent. Okay. And so, because they're building machinery. But, but Toy Story has humans. Well, yeah. So you're saying bugs are sentient in the land of Toy Story? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember like every detail. Yeah, of the I don't theory. know. It's too. It's too far. I just wanted to talk about the fact that Boo might be the witch from Brave, and I think that's kind of cool. And then uh, another part of that theory is how like everything is connected through Dynaco, the the gas station company. From cars? Uh, well, I mean, Dynac. I I think it's Dynaco that shows up all over the place, and there's this theory about how I don't know. You'll you'll look it up I'm real quick. I'm looking it up. Keep talking. Um, oh man. Okay, too late. <laughs> Dynaco is an oil and gas company. That has been seen in Toy Story and Cars. The logo is an ap- Apatosaurus. In Cars, the logo's a T-Rex. Um, that that's it. <laughs> it's in Toy Story and Cars. I remember there was a theory about it somewhere. Oh, and I guess if we're talking about hyper-intelligent creatures, dinosaurs <laughs> would probably be the first. The good dinosaur. Oh. The one everyone forgets about. I thought you were talking about the dinosaur Disney movie, and I'm like, no, we're not going to talk about (laughs) that. That's not in this theory. That's my favorite Pixar film. Okay, so here's another theory from Pixar. I hate this one. I hate it. I hate it. I'm excited to hear it. But I'm going to read it anyways. So the theory is from Up, and the theory is Carl is dead. No! No, I refuse. We were already torn apart by his wife being dead, by his wife dying. Sorry, spoilers. We haven't seen up yet, but um, this person poses an interesting theory, according to this article, but I think it's a dumb theory. Basically, she thinks that Carl died in his sleep after he was told he had to leave the house he shared with Ellie. And the rest of the movie is his journey to the afterlife with Russell playing his guardian angel, trying to get his wings or final badge. Russell took the form of a child because Ellie and Carl's desire to have a baby earlier in their lives. Paradise Falls signifies heaven, and hopefully Carl found Ellie and they're living happily ever after, and now we're crying. Damn you, Pixar, is what this says. Okay, but then it goes on to say, of course, up ends with Carl and Russell going back to the city where Carl shows up to see Russell be named a senior explorer. So this theory doesn't really hold up, unless you believe that those are scenes from heaven. I'm like, no. I don't believe that. None of this is real. But it's kind of interesting. But I, no, I refuse. I refuse. It's too sad. It wouldn't be the first time Disney did something that was too sad, but I don't want it. Yeah, I don't I don't think that one has that much merit. No. It does not. And I mean I I really like fan theories. <laughs> What's interesting about my fascination for fan theories is I don't really get into star wars fan theories have you ever created a fan theory i mean you kind of have with force awakens well yeah like my predictions for uh episode eight wait what fan theory are you talking about yeah who ray's parents are oh well i mean there there's a general theory that she's a kenobi but you like that theory i love that theory yeah and i 
I sort of said that theory before it was really circulating. I I mean, to me, at least. Yeah, I mean, I told you really early on yes. that I wanted her to be a Kenobi. Um, I, I, I don't want her to be a Skywalker, and I don't think that she will. Be. I just feel like that's too easy. It's way too easy. It's way too easy. But maybe she is. I, I'm hoping either she's a Kenobi mm-hmm. or she's a nobody. Yeah. Those are the, the two that I support because Kenobi is one of the most influential, the second most influential character in all of Star Yeah, let's Wars. bring back Ewan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Give us some flashback scenes or something. Exactly. Or age him up and put him in the movie. Yep. As a ghost. And he's not really dead. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That's my theory. You heard her here first. Obi-Wan's alive. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that I mean that's my theory for the for the next movie for uh, the Last Jedi mm. is uh, is that she is a Kenobi. Oh God, I'm so excited! I know he's gonna be so good. I am so stoked. I'm not excited about the changes that they had to make no. to accommodate. No, I'm not excited about recent that passings. either. But overall, I am excited. For I already see my little baby Ray back. And yeah. BB-8. And, and BB- Finn. Yep. And Poe. And Chewie. Yeah, sure. You see, these are <laughs> two different <laughs> kinds of Star Wars fans. <laughs> and it's okay. It's I okay. mean, I love Chewie, but he's like in everything. He's in all the movies. Yeah, because he, he's important. Actually, he's not in Phantom Menace. <laughs> well, and wait, you he, see how bad that movie was? Is he not in... He's in... Is he in the prequels at all? Yeah. Is he, He's in Attack of the Clones? Uh, I, I know think. he's at least in Revenge of the Sith a little bit. Uh, Yoda rides on his back. Oh, I don't think he's in Attack of the Clones, though. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, back to theories. <laughs> so, <laughs> another theory that I kind of like but don't really think is real um, is that, well, there's like two theories inside of this theory it's that either anna and elsa's parents are tarzan's parents too or anna and elsa were on the same boat as tarzan's parents so also within this theory there's another layer so anna and elsa's parents went on a boat ride and they crashed in the sea right so the theory is they were going to rapunzel and flynn's wedding and they crashed and died and then the theory inside of that is that the boat wreck in the little mermaid that she finds all of her thingies in is their boat so geographically it makes sense i don't know if it makes sense chronologically i didn't look that part up but i don't see how a king and a queen are master carpenters because tarzan's like treehouse is a work of art it really is i I mean maybe they had some experience in a previous years but like they're royalty they've always been royalty or at least one of them has so it's just like i don't think that's real yeah i think i i like the theory that the boat in the little mermaid is their ship yeah i like that part yeah and but like this is stuff these are things that like weren't planned like people just decided them 
You know, like there's no way in the 80s they were like, we're going to put this boat here and then we're going to make a movie in 2013 where the boat's going to crash and people will get it. (laughs) Like, no. You never know. A lot of the same people have been uh, running the show for quite a while. Did Frozen come out in 2013? It was before that. No. Wasn't it? No. 2013. (laughs) I thought it was 2012. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, no, 2013's right. Gosh, time flies. Yeah, so they the according to whoever this guy is, they didn't die on that boat. They washed up on the shore of the jungle and the queen later gave birth to a baby boy and built a treehouse before getting eaten by a leopard. Oh, this was like one of the directors who like wanted to make this up. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. wanted it to be true. Or maybe not a director. I don't know. You guys know. I, you know, on this podcast, we're not aiming for accuracy. We're just aiming for a good time. So, yeah, you know, we just want to want to have a little discussion. <laughs> okay, you got another theory? Throw one at me. Should I throw my favorite one? Um, no. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. Okay, well, I don't really have any others lined up. Okay, well, I have more. You go so, for it. My, I have... Okay, I'm going to save my favorite Pixar theory for the end as well. I'm going to jump over to some Harry Potter theories. So one theory that I really like, but I don't think is true, but I wish it was true because it makes me feel better, uh, were that for years we thought the Dursleys were simply evil. But oh, I love this theory. The Dursleys were influenced by dark forces. So the theory is that the Dursleys were mean to Harry because of the Horcrux that is inside of him. Mm-hmm. I like that because it makes me it makes them seem more real and not just evil and but then also well i don't know (laughs) i'm just thinking well but then also they were they were rude to lily and james before harry was even born do we really know that i mean we just know harry's point of view so i I could see where they were generally not great people. Yeah. But the Horcrux amplified that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it sort of dug into their already deeply seated disliking of other people. And different and, you know, not normal. Yeah. Yeah. And it just took it to the next level. Yeah. So I like that theory. I think it's cool. Another theory is that Draco is a werewolf. What? Yes. So this theory argues that Draco exhibits all the signs of a werewolf. Often described as pale and looking ill, he doesn't give in his he doesn't give in his transfiguration homework and he missed out on a Quidditch match against Gryffindor. <laughs> so <laughs> there you have it. He didn't turn in his homework and he missed a game. Canon. It is canon because of that. It's uh, okay. So I clicked on like the the click the 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 uh, link to the full theory. So throughout Half Blood Prince, we are treated to a barrage of hints and clues about our Slytherin friend, both in his behavior and appearance. We know that he missed a Quidditch match against Gryffindor, a deadly rival. Draco's disappearance is odd, in light of the fact that he would never miss a chance to outperform his, ne- his nemesis, Harry Potter. We also find out from Hermione that he did not hand in his Transfiguration homework for two days in a row. Why would Draco do this? He is a relatively good student and gifted enough to enter McGonagall's new level class. What's going on here? This is a quote from the book. Harry stared at Malfoy. It was not the sucking up that intrigued him. He had watched Malfoy do that to Snape for a long time. It was the fact that 
Malfoy did, after all, look a little ill. This was the first time he had seen Malfoy up close for ages. He now saw that Malfoy had dark shadows under his eyes and a distinctly grayish tinge to his skin. So this is this this is a description of Lupin from Prisoner of Azkaban. Professor Lupin was back at work. It certainly looked as though he had been ill. His old robes were hanging more loosely on him, and there were dark shadows beneath his eyes. So could be could be interesting. In the um later books he's also he like talks to Fernrier Greyback and then they think that oh he's becoming uh, a death eater but he was like fixing the vanishing cabinet you know but he was like homies with Fenrir so maybe he's his werewolf mentor could be could be probably not but you know it's interesting to think about another Harry Potter theory that I love and I think is true like I'm pretty sure this is not even a theory like it's an actual thing Neville was using the wrong wand so because he chose his father's wand Neville didn't let the wand choose him this explains the constant misfires but it worked well enough because it was his dad's when Neville's wand is broken at the battle of the department of mysteries he gets a new one at Ollivander's this time the wand chooses him and helped him become the leader of the Dumbledore's army in his seventh year interesting huh Hmm. Yeah. So I just searched fan theories. Okay. <laughs> and I found some really good ones. Uh, this one I knew about already, but I want to bring it back up. E.T. is a Jedi. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll just read what this says. In E.T.'s, uh, there's a cool little nod to Star Wars during the trick-or-treating scene when our long-necked alien... Uh, Buddy bumps into a kid dressed as Yoda and seems to recognize him. <laughs> Decades later, E.T. got his own brief shout out during the Star Wars prequels when the little guy and or a few of his cousins make a cameo during one of those uh, interminable Galactic Senate meetings. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's like... Uh, uh, it's in the, the Galactic Senate meeting halls yeah. where it's like all those weird yeah, little discs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a platform with E.T.'s. Oh my god. Has gosh. like four or five On purpose? ETs on it. Like purposefully to look like ET? Yeah. No, it's like image like little ET CGI'd oh my god. into the I Star Wars no prequels. Idea. Yeah. Uh I've never seen E. T. Oh man. <laughs> I mean I've seen parts on TV. It's good. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. Uh the Star Wars saga takes place long, long ago in a galaxy far far away so who's to say et didn't really know yoda yeah. and was actually a jedi using the force to make elliot's bike fly oh my god i love it right that's one of my one of my favorites that i totally forgot about why does his finger light up does you know, he have a light saber finger you never know <laughs> you never know um and then uh wait 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 there's another really great one <laughs> I think this is my favorite theory of all time now. The Fast and the Furious is actually just Dungeons and Dragons. Um, uh, what? <laughs> uh, and basically, uh, Justin Lin is the dungeon master. And in the Fast and the Furious, as the movies progress chronologically, they like if you put them in a timeline they get kind of more and more ridiculous. The cars do well, yeah. as they go. Yes. And in the movies, 
whenever one of them upgrades their car, it's like they're leveling up a little character oh in Dungeons and Dragons. My <laughs> God, this would be the biggest troll for all of the like bros out there who are like, yeah, Fast and Furious, freaking nerds and their Harry Potter and Star Wars. And then at the end, it's like, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Pull back to reveal a bunch of nerds sitting in a basement with their toy cars. Yeah. With little attachments on the sides of the cars because, you know, it gets ridiculous near the end. Oh, there. my God. Yeah, I just found that and I love it. It's my I love favorite that. theory. So... Now should we drop the favorites? Yes. Oh, by the way, I don't think all people who play Dungeons and Dragons sound like that. That was what that was for dramatic reasons. <laughs> no, she does. She thinks that she. I've she always tells wanted me, to play Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played before. Trevor plays it a lot. My friend Trevor does, and he says it's amazing. Jenny plays it. My friend Jenny oh, with wow. Nico. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> shout out to Jenny. <laughs> um, okay. I, my favorite Harry Potter theory that I just read while looking up for theories tonight, and I love it, is that Hagrid got Aragog from Newt Scamander. Boom. So, MuggleNet may have unearthed something pretty cool with this one. Aragog, the Arachmanchula, is that how you say it? Explains how he came to be with Hagrid and Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. He says, I came to Hagrid from a distant land in the pockets of a traveler. Scamander ended up at Hogwarts after his travels across five continents to study, collect, and protect, protect fantastic beasts. So it's altogether possible that a younger Hagrid met a middle-aged Scamander at Hogwarts in the 40s. There's another connection besides caring for misunderstood beasts of the world between the two. Hagrid and Scamander were both expelled from Hogwarts only to return as professors later. So they're like kindred spirits. Oh, man. I like that theory. Isn't that cool? That's a good one. Oh, wait. That's not my favorite one. This is my favorite one. <laughs> Just one line explains it all. J.K. Rowling is actually Rita Skeeter and Harry Potter is true. Oh, I have seen that. I have seen that theory. That before. one is not a theory. That one is 100% real. No, I don't know if I want Harry Potter to be true because that means I'm not a wizard and I can't live with that. That's true. So I love that theory, but it's not true because I would be a wizard. But what if it is true? It's not. It's not. <laughs> okay. And my my favorite theories and things that revolve around theories is from Lord of the Rings. And it is the character called Tom Bombadil. Oh, Tom Bombadil. Oh, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> That's what the narrator of the book sounds like in the audiobook. Oh, it's so good. Tom Bombadil, for those of you who have not read the books, is not in the movies. Nope. But is like the most mysterious character in all of Tolkien's work. Yep. And he, when asked, he actually said, even in mythology there must be some element of mystery. Mm -hmm. And so like he intentionally created this character to be unsolvable. Like some people think that he just didn't put enough work into it, but that's not, that's not Tolkien. Yeah. He didn't put enough work into Lord of the Rings. Like they were like, okay, well this character is just kind of like open-ended, you know, they're, he just didn't complete this character. No, no, no. He completed everything he did. Mm -hmm. He completed every tree down to the leaf he did it on purpose. He created this 
super mysterious character that frustrates everyone to no end because they can never decide on what this character is. So basically, in the book, uh, the hobbits, uh, as they start their quest, and this is like very early on, this is like the first thing that happens to them, is they end up in the old forest and they meet Tom Bombadil. Mm Mm-hmm who saves them from uh, the old willow. The tree. Yeah. He's trying to like swallow them up, basically. Yeah. And the, like, the tree put a curse on them, and they, they fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And it grabbed Merry and Pippin, and Frodo fell into the water. Sam, once again, was the one that was able to snap out of it. And he like saved Frodo, couldn't save Sam and Pippin, and then old Tom Bombadil came dancing along, singing couldn't a song. Couldn't save Merry and Pippin. Correct. Okay. What did I say? Sam and Pippin couldn't. Sam couldn't save Sam. You know, sometimes you can't save yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tom Bombadil came along, sang a song, and it stopped the tree from doing its thing. So they go. Oh, Mister Tree, please stop what you're doing. That's exactly how it goes. Actually, (laughs) those are the lyrics. Uh, Anyways, they go back to his place, and uh, he he's just shrouded in mystery the entire time. And the the biggest thing is that. The ring has zero effect on him. Mm-hmm. He puts the ring on. He doesn't disappear. Mm-hmm. He throws it up in the air, makes it disappear, makes it reappear, and then catches it again. When Frodo puts it on, he still sees him. So, like, the, the ring of power has zero effect on this man. What does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, it can affect Gandalf, who is a Maiar. Yeah. And quick, super quick summary. Yeah, super There's quick. Eru Luvatar, he's basically the god. There are the Valar, which are the, the top tier angels. They all sing together and it created the worlds. Then there are the Maiar, which are like lower level angel angels that helped to create, you know, Middle Earth and Arda and all that stuff. Gandalf, Gandalf is, a Maiar. is a Maiar. So he's like a low level angel. Sauron is Sauron is a Maiar as well. Uh-huh. Saruman was Saruman was also a Maiar. Yeah. He was one of the five wizards that came to Middle Earth. Yes. And Melkor is like the big evil guy. He was a Valar, and from him he trained Sauron. Got it. Basically. Yes. Um, and the Balrog. And the Balrogs, like the fire demon thing, is also a Maiar. Okay. There are seven Ma- uh, Balrog Maiars. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That one in the movie is actually like one of the, the wimpy ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, all of the Maiar that have encountered the ring are affected by it. Even the Valar are affected by this ring because it was created to consume whoever it touched. And the fact that it has no effect on him, it could mean that he is Is Eruluvatar. However, Tolkien has denied that. Oh, okay. Like J.R.R. Tolkien disputed that in a letter like forever ago. So he's not Eruluvatar. Right. There's the suggestion that he is a Maiar that controls time. Mm. And the reason why the ring wouldn't affect him is because since he controls time, time is immortal. So he doesn't need immortality. And it is neither good nor evil. Mm-hmm. So it has no effect on him. There's the suggestion that he is the, uh, the embodiment of the music that created the world. And... Because he uses song and everything he does, uh, there's that suggestion. And another thing to take into consideration is that he is described as being the eldest. 
he was there before the first raindrop fell. Like, that is, like, used to explain him in the book. So he was there before any other, like, Maiar made it to Arda. Mm. And it would suggest that when he talks about how he was there before darkness fell, he was there before Melkor, which is one of the 14 Valar. So he was before there before literally anything else. What was he doing? Just, and that sort of lends to the, the suggestion that he's part of the song that created Arda mm. because he is the, the physical embodiment. He would be the first embodiment of anything mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many different theories Whoa. behind this character. There's a theory that he is the, the embodiment of J.R.R. Tolkien himself, the author of the book who's telling the story. Like he has the... He, the ring has no power over him because he created it. He was there before the first raindrop fell because he wrote it on the paper. Whoa. Just yeah. like JK is Rita Skeeter. Exactly. So, I mean, there's just, it's just such a fascinating character. Probably the most fascinating character I've ever read about in anything ever. <laughs> and I just, I love it. And I hate that I can't know what he is i know that's the most frustrating part about theories it's just like what's right what's real but the complexity of this character and the the mystery is what makes him so cool and i really wish they would have put him in the movies yeah yeah but i have one more theory to close us out one more theory to close it out this is my favorite pixar theory that i i believe it to be true a hundred percent i think it's true the theory is that Andy's mom is Jesse's owner. Oh, yeah. 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 So it starts with a hat, Andy's red hat to be exact. We know he's had that hat from the beginning and he wears it while playing around with Woody. Does it look familiar? Oh, it's Jesse's hat. It is Jesse's hat. And, and we see that in Toy Story 2. She has the exact same hat. We all know the terrible story about how Jesse's owner, Emily, gave her away when she got older. I'm reading this from an article. If you remember that sequence, most of the scenery looks old-fashioned, and since Jesse was made in the 1950s, it makes sense that Emily grew up in the 50s and 60s, as shown by the decorations in her room as she got older. And that lines up with Andy's mom's age. We never find out Andy's mom's name. And, like, yeah. that's. I mean, that it's completely possible. Oh, and there's, like, a ton of complex theories about toy story itself especially surrounding the mother there's some uh theories that she is a divorced single mother and the divorce happens like very like right before the first toy story yeah, movie they move and... yeah they move into a smaller house yeah. you never see a dad yeah um i don't think that's like that big of a theory like that's just there's like an explanation yeah but it's still like interesting to think about it is, it's a theory sure it's a theory it's what people sort of come up with and uh i mean there's like so much more there's the fact that she gets a puppy which is like the quintessential just got divorced Sorry, child yeah here's yeah. a puppy yeah. yeah yeah so toy story's great but then she has a baby that's why it's a very very recent divorce like like super recent divorce all right maybe she cheated on andy's dad (gasps) and that's what the baby came from (laughs) (laughs) wait i forget does she have the baby in the first movie yes she's yeah a baby baby 
like I think she's born at the end of the movie. Oh man, it's been so long since I, know, I it's watched. It's been a while. Everyone's gonna be like, "Come on, you guys, you didn't know." Yeah, you such fake vans. <laughs> she's like a toddler in the second movie, at least. Yeah, because so. isn't that like the reveal at the end of the movie? Is that? Uh, That's what I think. Yeah. We're gonna get called out. Is it? Like, is she like crying or? Wait. Um. Um. Oh no! I gotta look it up. How does? Yeah, Toy Story is like my favorite of the Pixar movies. I think it's so hard to pick an actual favorite, but I have such a personal connection with uh, the Toy Story movies, mostly because of my age. I, uh, you know, I was a child when Andy was a child, and then uh, as I was growing up, Andy was growing up, and then the biggest thing was. When that movie came out, it was about him preparing to head off to college. And I watched it in the movie theater sitting next to my mom the summer I was preparing to go off to college. <laughs> Needless to say, we were a wreck. Mostly my mom. She was <laughs> just a complete mess watching that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Andy gets her out of her crib in her first movie, in the first movie, and he's like, come on, Molly. Oh, you're getting heavy. And she's like a little infant. And she gets a Mrs. Potato Head. That's right. That's right. Oh, fan theories. They're oh, so good. he shares a room with her. What? What? In the first movie, it says Andy shares his room with Molly and doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Weird. I don't remember that. I don't either. We should really watch them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch these movies and then we'll talk about it next time or something. Yeah. All right. I mean, those are some pretty heavy and valid theories, except yeah. for the one where Carl is dead. That one's dumb and should die forever. <laughs> Just like Carl is not. <laughs> as much as Carl is alive, that's how dead that theory should be. Well put <laughs> eloquent thank you so let us know what you think about these theories what are some of your favorite theories um there's a subreddit for this podcast if you want to go check it out it's called only have listening i don't know how reddit works but i'll be there i'll figure it out Wait, you made a subreddit uh i did not make it what tyler made it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> shout out to tyler so uh if you want to discuss check it out over there or tweet me or you know whatever follow ohl podcast on twitter i'm going to be tweeting out like questions and calls to action if you want to be included in the podcast next time follow me at soundproof liz on twitter and instagram and snapchat and youtube and uh, at james chats tv on all the social medias and uh james chats on youtube as well as james chats tv yeah I got there's two channels. two channels um Thank you guys so much for listening. I love having a podcast. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, well, you'll hear us next week. Yes. Or not me. Or me and someone else. That you never know. You never know. <laughs> I have no plans. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.